and I'm not talking about the stage, come up here. You see, God is in a different realm. And not just in the spiritual sense, but even the Bible says his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. And sometimes I'm, I'm always wondering, you know, um, Lord, when you say come up here, does it mean I have to become all mystical and spiritual? And what does spiritual even mean? And, and I hear the Father saying this morning, all I want to do Tim, with my people is to get them to think a different way. To think the way that he thinks. You see, he's always higher. And the word that is maybe not that common in the church is to transcend. Yet, it's actually quite a biblical concept. God calls you and I to transcend into his way of thinking, into his way of life, and even into his presence. So, I've got a couple of thoughts because the Lord has been talking to me a whole week about this. And then this morning, I just saw God pouring it out and the invitation went out. And like the song, you know when we sing the songs, Jason, that song, um, pour your spirit out. We cannot sing a song that asks a question that doesn't allow the answer. Yeah. And, and, and that's why when I turned to Marlon and he was in the spirit and, and I said to him, we can't stop by asking the question because God has already invited us in. You see, you can ask the question, but he's saying, hey, I've been waiting for you. I'm already inviting you. So pour your spirit out. There has to be a moment of saying, now, Lord. And I believe that's what's already started happening. And he won't stop because he, he, he doesn't do um, Incom incomplete work. God is actually pretty good at finishing things. Everything he starts, he finishes. So the Lord is still busy moving, and I'm not going to stand in his way, but I'm going to speak his word, and then I'm going to let him continue to move because he can only do this, not me, not any one of us. And I do want to say it takes a response from us to allow the Lord to move. Yeah. You see, he, he's not a forceful God. In fact, I was sharing with someone this week, we were talking about free will, you know. God loves you enough to give you free will yeah. so that you can decide. Because ultimately, love is choice. Love is not forced upon people. Love is not, not making us into robots and we're just kind of like, okay, let's just go here. And, no, love is choice. So God loves you enough for you to choose. Now, God loves you enough for you to come to him, him just as you are. But I want to tell you this morning that he doesn't stop there because he loves you enough for you to not to remain the same. I don't know if you understand that. In other words, God will accept you just as you are. Come. I'm inviting you up. Come. But when you come, know this. The journey up is going to change you. The journey up is going to burn away things in our lives. The journey up is going to bring a different way of thinking. The journey up is not going to be that smooth because God wants you to become more like Jesus. 
And so we, we, we're climbing up this journey. I mean, we're on this journey, climbing up this mountain of the Lord. That's really what Christianity is all about. And you know, sometimes our legs get tired. Yeah? Sometimes we, 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 we're like, ah, it's getting harder and harder. You, 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 the higher you go, the, the um, altitude changes. You can't breathe that easily anymore. And things are happening, and we're like, Lord, where are you? And all he's saying is, you are coming up to my presence, the mountain of the Lord. And the more you climb, the more you transform into his likeness. But you've got to start climbing. So I've been challenged this week. And that's what I want to speak to you this morning. I'm not going to take the God space this morning because he's already here doing his thing. But I was challenged by the Lord, Tim, are you prepared to climb the mountain to come to me? To change the way you think instead of trying to figure all things out. Make, get all solutions to all of life. You know? <laughs> and some people are trying to get to, to Mars to run away from this earth. Eh? They've booked their tickets already. Watched the spaceship go up and didn't make it. And I thought, I'm glad I didn't book my ticket. <laughs> um, you, you, can't, you can't run away from things in this life. There's no way to hide from the presence of God, David says. You can't run. You can't try and figure this out. You can't, you know, do, be the ostrich. We know Africans know what ostriches are. You know, put the, your head in the stand and try and just ignore whatever is happening. No, God loves you enough to walk with you up that mountain. And he holds you. And you're like, Lord, why did this happen? Lord, this is hard. And he says, my child, don't worry. Because I am changing the way you think. Not only of this realm. Of the realm that is far more real than this world. Of eternity. So I'm like, Lord, I don't want to get to heaven and still have to go through training. You know, there's... Training for reigning, yeah? and sit in classes where I need to be taught maybe how to change the mind because the mind is still conditioned. So, God doesn't want you to leave this realm one day and get to a place that is unfamiliar to you. Hey, Tanya Zagrech, so what happens is God releases His presence. To break through into this realm, not so that he can come and hang out with you here, so that he can take you and put you there, well, Ephesians 2, in heavenly places, seated in heavenly places. So that our thinking is like Christ, the Bible says. Our mind becomes like Christ's mind, and which means that the way I live on this earth becomes the way of heaven on earth. We sing the songs, we pray the prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven come down. Yeah. Here, do we know what it means? So God loves you enough to come to you, but He also loves you enough to take you up. I've got a friend, and um, I've always asked him, how do you live like this? Like, you know, we would sit in the restaurant. Some people might say this is just weird. 
And that's okay. I thought he was weird. I even said to him, Dano, you're weird. <laughs> you know? We'd sit in the restaurant, and he would just begin to speak in tongues, and he'd begin to hear the Lord, and he'll say to me, I need to talk to that waiter. I need to go, you know, and you just do stuff, and I'm looking at him. And I, one day I asked him, I said, now, what happens? Because I'm a practical thinker, you know. Like, how do you get to that place? Like, do you, what are you, what's your routine? And he said to me, no, I live there. So I see you're weird. <laughs> you know, Jesus, when he walked the earth, he lived from a different realm into this realm. People were amazed by the way that he handled life. That's why they were attracted to him. Jesus would say things and they'd wonder, what is this guy, you know, this rabbi, what is he talking about? What kind of article is this? What is this? And Jesus would live and walk and he'd even minister in a way that no one in the, in the, um, the teachers of the laws could ever understand because he came from heaven to earth, lived on earth from heaven to earth, and you might walk away this morning thinking, Tim, that church is weird, that pastor is weird, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm telling you, this morning you tasted something. Yeah. And I could not fabricate that, neither could Jason, neither could Marlon. The presence of God came into your midst. Yeah. And so Jesus lived from the realm of heaven down into earth. Everything he did if Jesus had a business, Hans, I mean, I just want to imagine this, right? You'd be sitting in a meeting, living from heaven to earth. I would love to sit in that boardroom when they come with problems. <laughs> if Jesus was a teacher in the school, I know we've got a couple of teachers here, he'd be teaching science, Maths, geography, from the perspective of heaven to earth. I would love to sit in Jesus' physics class. Because I don't think he's going to stick to the manual. <laughs> you see, we have a mindset of Jesus according to what we read in the scriptures and how you and I think of the scriptures. And it's a bit unfair because we are not Jews. <laughs> so many of us, we don't have background to much of what we read. That's why, Mike, I appreciate the Bible school because we just did biblical interpretation where they teach you how you can actually go and look at the historical background so that you, not so that you can get wiser and knowledgeable, so that you can gain understanding of what that scripture actually means. That Jesus lived from heaven to earth. And so whenever Jesus spoke about the Father, it wasn't like he was speaking about the Father that's up there and he has to try and get him. He was already there with the Father and he brought heaven down in all that he did. And God would say to you this morning, come up here. Come to where I am. 
I, I've got a scripture that I want to read to you, and I've got a few points, and then we're going to let the Lord just do what he does. Amen. <laughs> so 1 Kings 19, and you can turn your Bibles to that. Um, I don't have paper today. We, we're saving paper, trees, you know, load shedding is... And thank you, Lord, we've got batteries that lost. But if you have your Bibles, or if you have a phone, or a tab, I don't know, turn to 1 Kings 19, verse 1 to 9. So here's Elijah, and Elijah is a prophet, and Elijah just had an amazing breakthrough of a display of the glory of God by showcasing, showcasing the power of God to a whole, I think about a hundred prophets of Baal. And Baal was a, a semi-god, or whatever you call it, you know, that people were worshiping. And Elijah took them on with power in the spirit. And he displays God's power to the point that they were killed, these, these prophets, because they could not come against the power of God. But look what happens. That, that, that is actually uh, chapter 18. And now we're going to go to chapter 19. And this is amazing. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. And now he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sends sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. And you talk about a woman with a threat. Don't want to mess with a woman who has given you a threat, a warning. Am I right, love? <laughs> Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I don't know if you've ever said these words, I have had enough. Have you ever said that? I've had enough. Enough is enough. And here's Elijah He's saying these words to the Lord. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than any of my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was some, was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord came down, back down a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank. He ate and he drank. He ate and he drank. Strengthened by the food. Strengthened by the food that he ate. And the drink that he drank. Are you with me? <laughs> okay. And then it says, And he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night. Now, when God showed me this, he challenged me. And I believe this is a challenging word. Because it's the word of the Lord. You see, Elijah has a victory. A great victory. 
And one thing, one threat comes this way, and he runs. I don't know if you ever experienced that. I know, just before COVID, the Lord called Shavay and I to take the leadership of the church. And I said, sure, Father, you took us on a long journey to get to this point, to fulfill what part of what, I'm saying part, you hear me, of what God has called, out, called us to. Within a month, COVID hits. And I'm in, my, I'm in my studio, and I'm crying to the Lord. And I'm, my fist is like this. I'm like, why, Lord? Why? Like, why give me the opportunity that you promised, and then you shut us down? And you know, at that moment, there's, no, there's nothing. There's no response. I don't know if you've been there. You're asking, you're calling out, Lord, why, why, why? And there's nothing, it's silence. And you wonder to yourself, Lord, am I on my own here? I even, I told this to our congregation, I even wondered, did we do the right thing, man? Maybe we shouldn't have said yes. <laughs> Maybe this, this is not a God thing. It's amazing how one thing that comes up against us can make you forget every promise of God. I was looking on stage this morning, and there's two ladies standing here. Um, Here is Taylor, Taylor and Naomi. I want to remind you, this is why I believe in in Alpha, Mr. B. We were at Alpha camp. Was it last year? And the Lord came and touched you, and there is Naomi, and touched you, and we were, we were just broken people. Hey? We were all broken people before we came to Jesus. And some of us, we're still broken. <laughs> You're still busy with us. Hey? And I looked this morning and I, and I just saw, I just remembered that weekend, that Saturday, when the Lord touched you. When you experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time in your life. And He broke stuff off you. Here you are on the stage. Look at you. <laughs> There was, there was almost like an agenda from the enemy to end your life. I remember that. Taylor, look what the Lord has done. Yes. Brokenness. I looked at you guys and I know this is, not, this is daunting. Right? You stand here, take a mic, sing in front of all these people. You don't know them. They look scary. <laughs> Some of them. You know? But I, lo- I looked at you and I thought, wow. This is what... God does. And I, I want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't allow the enemy to threaten you to a point of running from what he's called you. We give in sometimes too quickly to a threat from the enemy. He comes up and he says, wow, I get to Allah. Two years of COVID, wow. Do you know what? If you don't speak Afrikaans, translators are sitting around you. <laughs> you know what? COVID went so quickly, I think we forgot. Yeah. We forgot that, what we're saying it this morning, where we couldn't breathe, even breathe properly. We were too scared to have you breathe on me. And, you know, doctors, stay away from me. <laughs> like, I mean, the hospital was the worst place. Nobody wanted to go there. We'd rather go to the mall and have a KFC. <laughs> I mean, the enemy just threw everything at us, eh? Think about it. Here we are on the other side, and what happened? It just went. 
Just went. And it's so quickly to forget the promises of God, the working out of God in our lives, the places where God has broken through. Because you know what? We like, I don't know what it is about us humans. We just want to get back into routine. Oh, okay. Nine to five. Oh, work. Uh, hey, let me moan about you when I come home. Oh, I was work. Oh. For two years, you couldn't do that. <laughs> For two years, you were stuck in your house, right? You had to look at your wife all the time. I was working. Uh, <laughs> this is work now. <laughs> we're working, baby. We're working. Two years, we shifted. Everything shifted. And we just got out of a lot of routines and stuff. And now we want to get back into it. I was challenged this week. You know, I was on my... I can say it. I was on my deathbed in COVID, eh? My dad, father-in-law was playing in Congo. My wife was sitting in her car outside my, my, my studio because I, I had to isolate. And she didn't want to leave me alone. And... You know, you, you got that thing on your finger. Hey, COVID people know this. That, that thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, checking out your oxygen level, or your blood oxygen, and, you know, and all of a sudden we all became experts in the medical field, by the way. <laughs> like we could all speak your language. <laughs> and we had this thing, right? And that thing was showing, it's almost like that thing was trying to declare to me, you know, the state of my of my existence on earth. And when it hit 63, according to the doctor, not my doctor said something else, but doctor's reports, so, uh, you've got to get into hospital way before that. And I lied, I lied on this side. I turned to this side and um, nothing was helping, you know. I went on my stomach. Remember that? To try and breathe properly. Put, take the pressure of the lungs. And then um, I tried to sleep, couldn't sleep, and fear hit me. And I literally felt the presence of fear. It was like real. It, it was a spirit. And um, something happened at 3 a.m., again, 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord's time. <laughs> I, 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 woke, I, I just had a, a doze, and then I couldn't breathe. I woke up. But I, before I could open my eyes, I heard a roar, and I'm not one to hear things in the spirit. I'm not even one to see things. I'm, I feel things. So I, I, I thought to myself, I'm not going to open my eyes. Because, you know, I'm not sure whether it's angelic, divine, or demonic. You know, it's like, or humanistic. Eh? <laughs> Those are the, is this angelic? Is this divine? You know, is this the Lord? Is this... And the roar came louder, and then I heard a voice. And he says, I am the king of kings. And it wasn't a gentle voice. It was a loud voice. And, and I shook. And I'm, I'm not opening my eyes. I don't want to look at you, Lord. <laughs> and then, bam, my lungs were fine. Now, I almost forgot that. This morning we're singing, and we're singing the songs. That one song, I don't know who wrote that song. That one song of can't breathe, you know, and whatever, and all this, and how, but he's king of kings, and yeah, that song. And all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me, look at what I did. Yeah. Because why? Because his promises are true. 
And I tell you, some of you are sitting here and you've been wondering, are the promises of God still yes and amen in your life? Because you saw victory, but you had also some threats. Some of you have been threatened to your businesses. It came, eh? And it came really hard. Some of you threatened to, to, to your, your home, your, your marriages. Some of you got threatened straight into your relationships. Some of you lost jobs. Others, it's like the enemy just came with all the threats. But I tell you, how many of you sitting here today, and I can even call you out, but I'm not going to, have come back with victory testimonies after you thought, this is it. This business is about to fall apart. This thing is about to get, die. My marriage is over. But you're still here. And I believe that that is what God wants to call you up to, is to a higher place where you see from heaven's perspective. So Elijah, and this is, so Elijah took himself into a wilderness. Do you know the difference between Elijah's wilderness and Jesus' wilderness? Is that the Spirit of God led Jesus into his wilderness. Elijah led himself out of fear into his wilderness. It's a different wilderness. Sometimes we run into places and we think, now I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to stop eating now. I don't know why I'm speaking yet. <laughs> I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to fast. You know, because, man, this is hard. This is so hard. This is, the pastor can't help me. The, the, my growth group leader, no, no one can help. This is hard. I'm, I'm going to fast now. I'm going to put myself in pain. Yes. Do you know what I love about the story? Is that Elijah leads himself in his own wilderness, and then God sends the catering angel. So the catering angel shows up, right? I'm telling you, Lord, send me the catering angel. <laughs> like, I'd like to see this catering angel. This angel comes, sorry, Enemak Broikis. Roaster Broikis. Yeah, Afrikaners. Come on. It's right there in the Bible. I mark pot broiki. And he's fast. English. He's making pot broikis. <laughs> He's making, he's making, he's making bread. Oh, but think about this, man. I tell you, the Lord, eh? He makes bread. He brings water because why? Elijah went and he went into his own wilderness of fasting and what, whatever. Can't sleep properly, and you know that. Yeah, been there. Worry, 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 worry. <laughs> it's a different wilderness, right? It's not a God wilderness. So the the bread is made. The water's ready, and he wakes him up, and he says, come, let's eat. you got to eat. Hey, God gave you some basic things in life to sustain you, on, yeah. food being one of them. Now, I know Diddy's going to shout amen. <laughs> Portuguese, don't help it, right? We've got to learn from you guys. Some of you got to learn this this morning, that there are things God has given you that are basic, that you are depriving yourselves from <laughs> sleep. Think about it. Sleep. Why do we need sleep? I was telling the whole week, I was telling my children, in, during sleep, your body regenerates. Do you know that? Yeah. Am I right? Eh? Regenerates cells, your brain. God designed that for you 
so that you can wake up in the morning and say, praise the Lord. Hey? So, so if you're not sleeping well, there's a lot of scriptures we can send you where it says, Jesus helps you to sleep. The Lord helps you to sleep. So sleep. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> sleep them. Eat. But I want to show you this. So what happens is that he then eats and he sleeps. And then the Lord leads him to the mountain. You see, it's then that he comes to the right place. All the other places was the wrong place. It was his own strength. His own. Don't ever use spiritual disciplines for ritual acts. And expect God to move. Shall I say that again? Don't use spiritual disciplines for religious acts and expect God to move. You see, the Lord talks to you. And when God says, come to the mountain, come fast with me. I don't believe when I fast, I'm fasting alone. I think the Lord is with me. The catering angel is waiting because he can't wait until the fast breaks. Yeah? And then he leads you to the path of righteousness. <laughs> it could be KFC or it could be, no, not, okay. I, man, if God leads you to do things, it is with him. When you lead yourself, it is without him. And he looks and he says, what are you doing? You know what God said to, to Elijah? Why are you here? Because God knew he didn't ask him to come into a wilderness. I wanted to take my jacket off, but it's very cold in here, so this is the jacket message this morning. Sometimes you've got to stop trying to do things in your own religious ways and go to the Father and say, Lord, lead me to your mountain. And when you come to the mountain of the Lord, you know, it doesn't matter what threats are out there. It doesn't matter what happened in your life. It doesn't matter what things come and, and things come in this life. When you're at the mountain of the Lord, you can put all those things aside and you can then hear from God. And I think sometimes you'll be surprised. So Elijah, in the next passage, is at the mountain and the Lord says to him, what are you doing here? And he gives the Lord, you know, like he quotes the scripture to God, like, you know, he's like a serious prophet now, you know, as though God doesn't know. Yeah. And he gives the Lord the scripture. I've come. Yeah. And God says to him, go stand outside. And he puts him outside the cave. And he says, because my presence is about to come. And Elijah is looking for the presence of God in the old familiar an earthquake comes and he's like, because he knows that's how he experienced God before. In the loudness of the great um, miracles of the fire coming down to burn the offering. You know, and he's waiting for that experience. And he's, uh, the Bible says, and God was not found in the earthquake. And then the wind comes and it blows and it rushes and he's looking for God, you know, because, you know, the wind of his spirit. We tend to box God in to our experiences. And then the Bible says, and God is not in the wind. 
And then it's a whisper. A gentle whisper that Elijah is the father. So I want you to close your eyes. We're going to And I'm, this morning, the Father has already began to move. But I, I just want to silence the turmoil that is around you. Now speak to that, Father, in Jesus' name. Every storm to end right now. You see, so, because when your mind is able to quiet down, and you're able to, don't look at, oh, but it used to happen like that with you, Jesus. You know, I fell over a few times in this church. I know this carpet. Surely you, you're going to do the same today. No. <laughs> Let me tell you, the Lord, the Lord works in so many ways that I don't even think we've got to most of how he does stuff. And just allow him to call you up. I used to think that the high places is for me to go warfare. And we used to sing the song, um, going up to the high places. I mean, I, I love the music, love the song. But you know, your warfare is not to go up there and fight it's already done. Jesus has already won that fight. Your high place is to go and sit in your rightful place, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And so I put my, swords, my sword down when I'm up with him. I put, I, you know, with Jesus, you can take your armor off. You can put it down and you can sit with him. David says, I inquired from the Lord, and he heard me. This morning, as your eyes are closed, I inquire from him. I just want you to inquire. Maybe it's a question. Maybe it's just saying, Father, come. Come into my situation. It's amazing how worry begins to go when you're with him. And so I want us, I want us to pray. I want to seal a few things that has already happened. And if I can just ask um, Didi, can you help me? Didi and uh, I'm going to ask Jason. If you can help us pray quickly. I, I just want you guys, there's a couple there. I'm sorry I'm highlighting, but it's not me highlighting. I, I prayed for you earlier, but I, I feel like, I, I, is it okay? If, I just want to seal what God has done and within you. I'm looking at you. So is that okay? If you guys can just, just put your hands out to them. Um, in congregation, we can also just pray. Stretch your hands. It's just a couple there in, at the back. So I... I I thank you that, for Holy Spirit, you are the one that seals. 
The picture that I saw was hedges that were broken in. You had strong hedges around you and your family. And I saw one gap. And I saw like the enemy just going wild. He tried to use that one gap to break everything that God has done. But the Lord is closing that shield off now. He's closing the hedges again. Because that's what he can do. And so we're going to seal that in Jesus' name. Father, that your protection is over this family right now, Lord. This is not just another moment for them, Lord. This is the moment. And I thank you that from year forth, that your presence is in them, is in their home, is in their lives. And that everything, Father, that they are praying for, believing you for, they are faithful. It will happen. In Jesus' name. Amen. And there was someone here, uh, Sandy, I know you got healed, but there was healing going out on this side. Is there anyone here that was trusting God for healing? We, we, I literally felt it was a deal, Charles. Sorry, guys. I'm, I don't know. We can get some more people to help you. <laughs> but let's seal that. Let's seal that. So wh what I want to say is don't just leave and say, oh, I had this moment. Seal it. Seal it, because the, the Spirit of God can seal things, right? And then when you walk out, you walk out with a seal. I am sealed by His presence, by the Spirit. Uh, tomorrow, come. Jezebel, come. Your lies will not do anything. So thank you, Father, for Charles. Lord, we love this man. He's part of this house. We thank you for healing, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, every part of his body covered by your presence. And we seal that in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you remove any doubt, any concerns, Lord God, that you'd give him the peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I want to do... Stay with me, guys. Sorry. <laughs> They're going to get me off to this. But I want to do more. Because I feel like there are some of you that just need to stand and say, I'm stepping into that. Yeah. I'm stepping into that way of thinking from heaven. I'm stepping into your promises for my life, Lord. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to allow the past to determine my present and my future. I'm going to step into everything that you have for me. That you just stand and we, we'll, we'll all help. And Mike, you can come. We'll all help you. We'll just pray because I believe in prayer and I believe in the power of agreement. So as Mike reads, and that's you, just, just stand and say, Lord, that's me. I'm going to receive everything you have for me this morning. Um, during the, just during the worship, um, just had some pictures coming to me and I was just keeping it to myself, but as Tim spoke, so much of it connected, I just wanted to, to share it. And there were some things you were saying about coming on up and about changing your mind and about, you know, things being burnt off you. I remember a while back, I had a picture of like Jesus, like, like halfway up the mountain or further up the mountain, reaching his hand out to me, calling to me. And what I remember so clearly, his face was friendly. It was a friendly face, um, which is that friendliness comes from the cross and grace and redemption. And there's just two scriptures which, which speak about changing your mind and 
putting off the old self and putting on the new self and how the mind is the fulcrum to changing that attitude. The one is in Colossians 3, where it says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And in Ephesians 4, it said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, which means the spirit of your minds, and to be put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I had a picture of like an antechamber, and it was like a scene from like Lord of the Rings. And it was this place that was high up. You know, there's, there's those places where it's the platform, and there's these pillars, and they can see the whole kingdom. And it was there, and I had a picture of people going there. And God was there, and he was calling people in. And some people were, got in there, uh, crawled in there on themselves, by themselves. Some were carried in. And these people were all in different states. And some of them, their clothes were so soiled and dirty, and God took them off and put them in the fire. There was a brazier there. And some people, their clothes were torn, but they were redeemable. And, and some had the fanciest clothes, the most amazing clothes. And I saw God says, that's not my kingdom. And the best clothes were t- taken off and put in the fire. And some were bruised and naked. And they were all there. And I just felt it was like God saying, this is the antechamber. I'm preparing you. And out there is the kingdom. And there was a banquet. And there was wars to be won. But this was the preparation place. And I just felt that transformation linking to that scriptures. And then I just had this picture of like this change room. And it was like, like in a circle with light. And it was all holy. There was nothing. And people, in the end, were all naked. And we all had to be in there. And it was like there was a spiritual digital printer. And it was like we all got a new set of clothes. Um, our true new self. And it was paid for. It's done. It's like when you go and you, you, you go online and you see, that's, that's my outfit. And it's mine. It's paid for. Jesus paid for it on the cross. So it's done. It's yours. On the other hand, it still needs to be printed. And that's the process that we're going through. And I saw that people were each of them in there and that stuff was being printed. And the, when I thought of the print, I thought, there's, what's in the printer? There's energy, which is the power of the Spirit, because the energy needs, you need electricity to make that printer work. And there's data, because it's data that's going there. And that's, it felt like as we, as we speak the word over ourselves, over each other, as we immerse ourselves in the word, that's the data happening. As we immerse ourselves in the spirits and pray for each other, that's, that's, that's happening. And there's movement. There's the moving parts. So as we step out, as we obey, as we repent, as we serve, as we go out, this thing that is ours already is getting printed. And I saw just an army being clothed and equipped. And so God is saying, Come. Come on up. It's all paid for. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and to latch into what Mike is saying, in, in the coming up, um, what God is saying, what I, what I feel God is saying, in the coming up, there's a letting go. There's a relinquishing of power. There's a, there's a relinquishing of the desire to control, the desire to orchestrate, to patch up, to make sure that everything is working because that's, that's us as human beings. Um, but when we grow, grow closer to God, there's a letting go that has to happen. I'm a reluctant letting goer. That's I, my name is Jason, the reluctant letting goer. That's how I am. But I've come to learn over time that when in, it's in the letting go that he 
transforms us, he, he catapults us, he moves us forward, and, and that's what this morning's about. So if you feel like, even if standing here was a lot for you, yay, standing, and I'm going to pray now, um, yay for standing, because that is a sign that Lord, I'm letting go. Ik is moeg, ik is moeg van, for those of English, I am tired of that. I had, I had enough. But God, I'm, I am tapping into you this morning, and I'm letting go. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the great of heaven and earth. You are the great of all things. And Father, you are dad to us. Daddy God. The one who comforts, the one who loves, the one who teaches, the one who shares. Um, and Father, this morning we are just letting go. We are coming up to meet you, Lord Jesus. We're letting go of all the things that held us back. We're letting go of false identities, of, of things that people have spoken all over us, Lord Jesus. The words that have been placed on our shoulders, Father, we let that, those things go. Father, we, we repent of our false identity, our false view of life, Lord Jesus. We, we've just decided to take control of things, Lord Jesus, and we've become God in our situation. So, Father, we let go. We, that, that job description is too much for us, Lord Jesus. There's only one God, and that is you. Yeah. So, Father, we don't take on that mantle of God. We don't take, take on the mantle of creator. We don't take, a, take on the mantle of provider. We take on the mantle of son and daughter of the Most High. That's who we are. So, Father, we just, we just come under the shadow of your wings, Father. We come under you, Lord Jesus, and we say, have your way. So, Father, heal the brokenhearted. Heal the hurting. Heal those that are depressed and sad and ill, Lord Jesus. Heal, Father. Heal us this morning. Father, rejoice with everyone here, those that are excited, Lord Jesus. Rejoice with them, Father. Be that loving, cheering Father, that cheerleader, Father. May we feel your cheerleading this morning. But Father, most of all, Father, be Lord of our lives. Thank you, and we Father. submit under your Lordship this morning. Yeah. And we love you, Dad. Yes. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to close there, but I want to say the Father loves you. Yeah. He loves you. He, he likes you, but he loves you. And so may you find this week, go to the mountain of the Lord. Find time to remove yourself. Just go and say, Lord, I want, I'm going to inquire from you. Stop worrying about it. Eh? Let's go to him. I encourage you, do that as often as you can. Some of you need it very often. Okay? And that's fine. Even if you're at work, go to the toilet. I used to do that. I just got too tired of the boss. Eh? Yeah, I used to run to the toilet and go pray. You know? <laughs> so may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May Dr. Muller and the Muller family, may you have a farewell that is celebratory. <laughs> Jesus' name, yeah. Enjoy. We might just all rock up there. I don't know what time you're playing. <laughs> but have fun. And Kelsey, Lord, be with you, eh? So we're going to meet this week. Um, I, I think we are... Oh, by the way, um, there's coffee next door. And we have groups that meet in the week. I don't know if you know that. We've got, we call them growth group, connects groups. If you want to know more about that, speak to Didi. And um, just come and join us. We've got certain groups meeting all over. But we'd love to see you in the week, not just on a Sunday. The Lord be with you. Bless you. Enjoy.